Now, the man who pulled this Perth Lynx team together is General Manager Brent Dawkins. We spoke to him at the start of the season about the team that he had pulled together and what his thoughts were, and I'm happy to say he's back on the eve of the finals. Brent, welcome back to the Dribble Podcast. Thanks very much, Craig. Love to be here. Now, congratulations on the season. To finish second, given the challenges this team has had, has been quite a remarkable effort. What do you think has been the key to it all? Oh, look, it's been a quite a remarkable season. As you just mentioned, it's, uh, I've been involved in sport for 20 years and I've never seen anything like it. Um, it, days, it changes day by day and, you know, sometimes we were meant to start at the start of November, then we were meant to start at the start of December. We ended up not starting till last Christmas uh, for a start. And, and obviously we went on the road, stayed over there, potentially could have called the season off completely if we couldn't get back into WA uh, and then to go back, play some games here and then go back on the road again and, and sort of pump out seven day, seven games in 14 days. It's been it's been amazing and a fantastic effort and the resilience of the group, to be honest, to get up uh, and with not a lot of certainty day in, day out uh, for the girls to get up and, and finish second and potentially we're almost minor premiers is a, is a great effort to the team. So the physical challenges have been there for everyone to watch on TV from the opening game where the team clearly lacked match fitness to the final game where they had nothing left in the tank. But what do you think was actually harder for them, the physical element of it or the mental worry that you mentioned of not knowing what was going on? It probably it differed at different parts of the season. So early on, um, definitely just to get some matches under your belt was important when a lot of the other teams had already sort of played three or four games. So match fitness is, you can't beat that. So that's definitely the case. Then probably in the middle of the season, it was it was the uncertainty uh, when we were over there in Victoria and in Ballarat and, and the girls just didn't know where our next game was going to be. And if we could seriously get to the finish line, and that was a real possibility, we, we did have uh, some meetings um, that are out there in the public now. To, there was a chance that, we were going to pull the pin and the season, we were never going to get to the finish line even though we were sitting on top of the ladder. So middle of the season, definitely mental. And then late in the season again to play seven games in 14 days is, is um, uh, was probably physical in the end, including travel uh, to one of the toughest places, I think, to play up there in Townsville in the humidity, um, to play two games up there. And, um, you yeah, know, no excuses for the girls, but, um, you know, and then, finally good to be back in Perth now and ready for our own final. So how close did it get to them pulling the pin? Because it was when that Feb 5 border didn't happen and they've got jobs yeah. and families back over here, it was a real life situation rather than a basketball situation. How close were you to them being able to say, we, we just can't stay in Victoria any longer? Yeah, it was uh, very close, Craig. Um, we obviously had that announcement um, that the girls thought they would be able to come back and then obviously the announcements that they couldn't. Um, so then we had to uh, call the group together and we had a number of meetings over the next sort of 24, 48 hours and it was very close. There were times where I probably thought we were done, um, honestly, and I thought I was preparing to work out what's the next step forward and, uh, you know, we're going to go out and you know, not play at all. Um, but then we found a way. Um, we managed to you know, find a way with the government and uh, the state government to come up and play some games. And it gave us a new lease on life to, to, um, to see out the season. Uh, mean our back end of our season was quite, fairly condensed after we quarantined over here. But, um, yeah, we were really close to the point where I was prepared to virtually, you know, I went to bed thinking that tomorrow I was going to come and say this was the season we were done. But then um, we, we managed to turn around and uh, once again, to the girls' credit, we stuck at it and, uh, and we 
we got to the final. And the reward is a home semi-final series against Canberra beginning at 6.30pm on Thursday at the Bendat Basketball Centre. It's been really clear, I reckon, from the four home games that you had that the support of the WA basketball community is really there and it's jumped behind the group. Have you sensed that there's a real bonding between the Lynx and WA basketball throughout this season? Yeah, definitely, Craig. I We made a... Uh, a conscience effort to actually bring people back to the links and we reduced the prices um, than what they were probably in um, other seasons that they were there. So we really made it a family um, like to bring the kids out and you know, you've seen that at games yourself where kids are really getting involved. We've actually given uh, a number of free tickets to uh, each of the Wobble Associations um, to get their girls and boys uh, to come along and, and watch their you know, their heroes and that play. And um, that's been noticeable from where I've been um, watching standing at the end of the court. It's uh, It's been really pleasing to actually get a nice five in the place. And uh, even though we can only have 50% in here, it's uh, it's been really good. And it definitely uh, gives us um, some fuel for thought next year about how we can actually fill the place. So if we go deeper into the, the element of, of WA basketball in the links, so when Basketball WA took over the licence, there was a, you always said there was going to be a heavy focus on producing local talent. And if we go back to the 2019-20 season, which was the last time the Wildcats owned the, the group, it was an eight-player roster with three DPs. And there were two of the eight who were from WA clubs, which is Ellison Schwagmeyer Belger and Maddie Allen. And the three DPs were all from WA clubs as well, Taya Burrows, Nasea Williams and Jewel Williams. This year you've got a nine-player roster with one amateur and four DPs and only three of that entire group haven't come from WA initially, which we, including Sammy Wickham in that, including Darcy Garbin in those players who obviously have come back to WA having made their name elsewhere. How important was it for you to build a base around people who everyone over here knew and they could look at them and say, they've come from WA, this is what this team's about? Oh, vitally important. Um, it's also a balance as well, but our number one was to make sure we got that balance right. So WA was a big tick for us. So if you're a talented WA athlete, as you said with, um, you know, Darcy was up in Townsville and to get her back into her home state and just the whole way through and you can just see it from our games where, you know, you've, you've seen a group of Willerton girls come in with all their Willerton tops on and they're cheering for, you know, Alex Sharp and, and Emma Gandini because they watch their play at NBL One West and they have that connection with them whereas, um, don't get me wrong, if you bring people from interstate, they don't have that connection back in local basketball and that's um, been a big push for us. But also being able to get Jackie Young, Marina Mabry, um, those two girls from, I guess, outside of the WA system, you've still got to be successful on court. So you know, if you went purely WA girls, then that success probably isn't going to happen. So you do have to complement it with some, some outside talent as well. And that's what I think we've done. So with, with this local group, Alex Sharp is obviously Victorian, but had been living in America for several years and then came over here, but stayed and, um, in the off-season and played for Willerton. Was it important yep. f- from a cultural standpoint that happened that she, that she was remaining in the state, playing in the league, and not only just playing, she was dominating, grand final MVP, league MVP, oh. and, and setting a standard for others to see? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it actually was, was really good. And she loves Perth. Um, you know, she's playing again for Willerton this year. Um, you know, she had no doubt she would have had the opportunity from from the NBL One South Club to go back and play there in Melbourne. But um, I guess um, not speaking out of turn, but she she has said to 
me in the past, you know, she hasn't been back to Melbourne for, I guess, nearly six, seven years now because she sort of comes straight from college here to Perth. So she loves Perth and, and um, you know, hopefully we can keep her here for, uh, for a long time in the future. But that's important for us as well. So, yeah, they weren't born in WA, but they definitely have links to to the WA clubs and the associations. But what you said earlier about the uh, the nine and the three, uh, or sorry, with our four DPs being all um, all WA, we also have a group under that, which is also WA as well with our train-on players. So there is a, a really strong flavour in WA in our team. So clearly it isn't a coincidence either, I don't reckon, that Ryan Petrick coached Sammy Wickham and Darcy Garvin and Alex Chibatoni and, and Taya Burrows. They're all on the roster. Like, how crucial are the relationships that he's had with players through, through, over the years who we can call up and say, you're talented, we want you, come back, as opposed to someone else who might coach or someone else, yourself as general manager, who may not know them as well from a 15-year relationship that's been built up? Yeah, definitely important. The head coaches make plays a huge role in that, not only in basketball, but other sports, as you know, with, with football, and you'll see that a coach comes along and has a really big say on the the, the squad that they put in and uh, and if they're comfortable with someone they've coached before then they uh, they get a big say in, in getting them on the roster so and that's that's exactly what Ryan's you know Ryan's coached Sammy and has that relationship with her before same with Taya same with Chiver and same with Das so it was a you know there's four straight away that he's coached in the past and um, and you know he's had he's coached against Alex Sharp and yeah the, the coach has a major say in putting the team together 100%. Do you feel it's a different bond with the group when you've got those sorts of connections and what will it do for that bond um, within the, the entire basketball community if you can actually go and win it? Uh, look, yeah, it's the old cliche of taking it one game at a time. I'm, uh, although we're going 100 miles an hour to try and plan you know, what happens next. If this happens, we do this. If this happens, we do this. Um, but, yeah, we'd love to um, say we're there, but we've got a semi-final to, um, to get past first and Canberra are tough. So um, they obviously beat us over here on our court only probably only a week and a half ago. So um, they're going to be tough. And then we're off to uh, the, the mighty little town or suburb of Tugranon. In, uh, in Canberra on Sunday, which will be another a test in a tiny little uh, domestic stadium that they have there in Canberra. So um, that'll be an interesting, an interesting test. But I think you know, with our experience of some real winners on our on our roster, um, you know, in Jackie Young, for example, who's always been involved in whether it's a gold medal at the Olympics, whether it's a um, you know a Las Vegas team that's gone deep in the playoffs, she has a really winning attitude, and so does Marina, and they just want to win. So hopefully, they can bring that extra percent to um, you know, to the games on this weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. There's a good red and black flavour in, uh, in Tuggeranong. The mighty Justin Blumfield, who was arguably second best <laughs> on ground for, for the mighty Essendon Football Club in the near 2000 grand finals from Tuggeranong. So, uh, yeah. so it's, it's amazing what you, remember, what you remember as a footy fan when you barrack for the Bombers. You probably watched him play a few times as a recruiter. Uh, yeah, exactly it's, right. it's amazing what happens. Now, for the all-important Dribble Podcast MVP votes, this award will go through the finals, but after the last game, in Perth, uh, it was very tight at the top when the team travelled away. So for a quick recap, we had Marina Mabry still leading on 18, Jackie Young was on 17, Lauren Scherf was on 15 and Sammy Whitcomb was on 14. So for the last three games, against Sydney it was one vote to Scherf, two votes to Jackie Young and three votes to Sammy Whitcomb. Uh, in game one against Townville it was one vote to Scherf again, two votes to Marina Mabry and three votes to Jackie Young. And in the final game of the season against Townville, it was one vote to Darcy Garbin, two votes Sammy Whitcomb and three votes to Jackie Young, which means despite not playing in any of the first, pol- not, despite not polling in the first five games, Jackie Young is leading the Dribble Podcast regular season MVP quite convincingly at the moment. So it's um quite a, a remarkable effort by her. What, when you look at it, like 
she's been phenomenal since finding her form and fitness. How damaging has she been across the entire league, do you reckon, with everyone looking at her going, how do we stop her and how do we stop Marina now and how do we stop Sammy and Darcy and Lauren during finals? Yeah, that's the plan. I'd love for all five of them to, uh, to fire on the one night. It would be very scary. But with Jackie, she came probably, I think it was three weeks later than Marina, so she was a little bit behind. Um, in the pre-season. So um, she, obviously, after a big trip out, don't underestimate that, They with the flights, they had to go via, at this right now, Hong Kong um, into Japan, across to Singapore, and then, you know, they were all over the place. The flight took 28 hours to get down in here, so, and then into two weeks quarantine. So she really probably only did two weeks of pre-season, if that, to be honest. Um, and so she's been a slow, you know, and you can see now that she's firing on all cylinders. Um, so that's been outstanding and uh, her form is, yeah, as you said, right up there in the best in the league at the moment. So not putting too much pressure on her, but yeah, she, she'd be uh, she'd be right up there, as you said, with your votes um, late in the season. She'd be polling a lot of votes, I would have thought, in the MVP in the season. So yeah, exciting for, and hopefully we can get them all firing on Thursday night. It'll be exciting for the team. And having so many players in the, in the team who know how to win, so Darcy Garbins won WNBL titles, Lauren Scherf has won WNBL titles. Sammy Wickham's a dual WNBA champion winner. Um, Jackie Young's won an Olympic gold medal and both her and Marina won an NCAA championship. They're they're big game performers and they know what it takes. Having that group together to start a a game and a final, do you think that's going to be really important and a big advantage? Yeah, I think think it's hard to put how much of an advantage it is, but yeah, it definitely is. I think it is when you mention off all their their names and what their accolades that they've been through and then you even go onto the bench you know like sharps one i know it's the next level down but you know they've they've even played in big grand finals here on this court so um you know on in local state nbl one only last year so um we do have some big game players and uh That'll be exciting come Thursday. Emma Gandini, another person who played in, in that uh, exactly. Willington Grand Hall. She's, yeah. she's been fantastic, hasn't she? Like she's just, yeah. The, the, yeah. the difference what she brings on the court has been quite remarkable, I reckon. Yeah, for a, for a, a girl that's played, uh, look, probably nearly 200 state league games for um, I might have sold her short um, for Willerton uh, and probably... To be honest, a year ago, I probably thought she was never never a chance for playing WNBL. But uh, look, she's done everything right. She trained as hard as anyone, and she had to obviously try and balance it with her work. Uh, she's been outstanding, and uh, she's fitted in really well with the group. Girls love her, and uh, when we when we've needed her and we've put her on and we've given jobs for her, she's um she's been really good. The last time you played against Canberra, they were missing Kelly Wilson and Alex Bunton due to fears about being stuck in WA as close contacts. They're coming this time, even though our close contact rules haven't changed. Have you had to have discussions with Canberra around potentially explaining the rules that are over here and in a way that's actually helped them to get a stronger team? Or how has that uh, discussion gone? Or are you not aware of what's happened to, to allow them to con- be convinced to come this time? No, personally, I haven't had the discussion with them, but I'm assuming it's just this is a final and we're going to go with it. You know, we've got to put our best team on the, on the court. So there's sort of no tomorrow in a, in a knockout final. So I guess they're, they're saying this is it, we're going with it. But as you said, the rules haven't changed. So um, nothing's changed in regards to, um, you know, any exemptions or anything like that. So um, I'm assuming they're just rolling with it and, and trying to put their best potential team on the court. And we saw the Capitals press you guys really hard. Like they, they weren't giving any space at all in that game where they beat you and it felt like Townsville tried some similar tactics in the past two games. I don't think any teams really handle really hardcore defensive tactics well, but do you feel you're better placed to adjust to that sort of uh, pressure that they might give you in this in this series? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously over a couple of days of, of freshness as well. So, you know, we're not playing 
we've virtually played every second day for nearly near on two weeks there. So now we've been able to give the girls sort of four days off, well, not four days off, but four days not playing a game. Uh, I think we'll be fresh and uh, and really be able to handle that that pressure. Uh, and we'll, we'll even jump another level, as you know, with any finals. That finals pressure even jumps up higher. And, and there'll be some nerves, no doubt about it, early on, no doubt. Um, and hopefully a big crowd can get out there and support the girls. And then you've got Game 2 in Canberra on, on Sunday. It's not easy to get to Canberra. It's one of those places where getting from Perth is nigh on impossible. There's, there is a direct flight on Friday, which takes about four hours, um, yeah. which gives you then a full day in Canberra. Or, the, or then you got if you stay in Perth for the extra day, given people have to work, um, the fastest yeah. option on Saturday is via Sydney, which takes six and a half hours. Do you know which one you're going to take yet? Yeah, this stage we'll take the Saturday. We'll give the girls another night in their own bed and then uh, and then head over on Saturday and then fly back on Monday morning. The, uh, that's the plan at this stage. I mean, it can change. Obviously, it's only early in the week. Um, we do have some flexibility if we want to look at that. But um, at this stage, that's the plan. That is one of the, the challenges, isn't it? It's a, it's, you, you could have played Adelaide, you could have played Melbourne, and, you could have been, and it could have been anywhere. You've, you've ended up once again against a team which has the most difficult place to get to. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But as the old Ross Lyon will play anyone anywhere. Um, but, um, you know... You have to the, the bonus, I guess, is we have home court advantage, especially for the semi. Um, so if if it is one all, we get to come back here and, and do it all again next Wednesday night. But uh, let's hope we get it done in two and we can uh, have a have a full week's break before a potential grand final the following weekend. That would be amazing. Well, look, thanks for joining us. You've had a fantastic season as a team. Um, if Lynx fans, if you're having a look around the stadium this weekend, you'll see Brent because he never sits down, never sta- he just walks around the stadium the entire time. You're a bit of a nervous watcher, aren't you? Uh, look, absolutely, Craig. In all my uh, time in sport, I've uh, I've always been a don't like to sit down. I like to just walk around, mix it up, and uh, very superstitious. If I find a, if we're going okay and I find a good spot, then I'll sit there and uh, until we uh, until we. <laughs> if you see me walking again, obviously we're uh, we're not going that well. So, um, but um, look, one thing I do have to say before I go is uh, I'm not sure if anyone's aware, but it might be someone's birthday today. Is that correct? I might be mine. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> twenty-one today, I think. Yeah, it, tw- twenty-one. So. Double it. Add a few more. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, no, Forty-six years old. There hasn't been an Essendon player who's worn forty-six has been any good. So it's disappointing. <laughs> Next year I'm Ricky Olerenshaw, but um, yeah, this year it's been a bit of a battle to find someone who I can say who I am. So no, thank you very much for that. Exactly. No worries, mate. Hope you <laughs> well, had a good day. Uh, thank you very much. Well, good luck. Hope things really go, go really well for you. And um, I'm sure that you'll get a, a really strong crowd this week. And hopefully you don't need another crowd next week and you can knock Canberra over in two and then get into a grand final. Yeah, fingers crossed. And, uh, yeah, this time next week we're talking about a potential grand final. That'd be great. Oh, thanks for joining us. Good luck. Good on you. Thanks, Craig.